Hey all you hard slingers out there, this is your trusted GM Brian. You know, often happens on a weekly show, scheduling conflicts may occur. And when the venue, such as a serialized podcast, necessitates everyone be present for the narrative, well, the recording has to be postponed until everyone can reunite the following week. But the show must go on, in some way. And while in six months down the line, a missing week in the show's backlog might not be detected, in the present, it most certainly will be. And so, in an effort to produce material to all you hard slingers that enjoy the show, I always try to release something. So, I coerced Koosh and Nick, under the guise of having a few beers, to come on over and record something. So, sit back, crack a cold one, and join us in the Rage Room as we talk about this awesome game we play. Greetings, fellow slingers, and welcome back to Roll the Hard 20 podcast. And we're running a skeleton crew here this evening in the Rage Room, and I have with me... Nick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's still your name. Yeah, Yeah. that's my name, yeah. And I'm here too. I'm Koosh. Well, I'm never one to let a scheduled time go to waste. (laughs) And so in the interim of waiting until the next Carrion Crown session rolls, I thought we should make good use of our down evening and still get together and kind of do one of our previous rolling for 20s where we just digress through whatever (laughs) we do, you know? As I said in the past, when we sit down to play, to me, it's more than just a game. It's it's an event, you know, and I've, I've always firmly believed that. And I know that while I'm at work or I'm cleaning the house or even when I'm preparing for the next session, my mind is just going over the game. This awesome cool game that we play and so let's uh we kind of jotted down a few topics that we could just digress through and let's do it yeah sounds good yep so i think kush you and i had discussed a little bit about like the the differences of when you're playing in a game of different tactics whether it's uh, combat oriented or diplomacy oriented Mm -hmm. how are your different play styles um me personally, which is hard to tell in our campaigns. <laughs> I, I know what you're going to say already. It's very much diplomacy. Yeah, you hate combat. <laughs> but you need a you need a better set of dice. That's why. That's not right. I mean, but uh, and more hit points. Well, the the, the problem I'm having is uh, uh, Elden tries to make tries to do diplomacy with people that are clearly enemies, and then Talos is just not a very agreeable person. So no diplomacy will work with Talos anyway. No. So there's, there's, they're like there's, totally different characters. There's, there's no chance. What about you, Nick? What's your play style like? Yeah, what do you, I what agree. do you prefer? I, I try to be as diplomatic as I possibly can and try to avoid combat when possible because, you know, you never know if, like, maybe this NPC kind of has, like, info to give you or, or maybe this, you can actually avoid, like, an entire battle or a fight if you just try not to be as aggressive. So, you know, I, I try to kind of potentially work things out between the the other character, but that usually doesn't end up that way. <laughs> and I, I've actually <laughs> set up a lot of encounters to be diplomatic uh, solutions as well. I think that one of them was when Junior had attacked the Halic 
in, oh, in yeah. ASL's rest. That was Definitely. set up to be a conversation thing. Or the most recent went, one. Which was uh, uh in the um in the silk purse. I feel like there was a there yeah. was a diplomatic oh, solution. Yeah, available. yeah, totally was. I mean, he just he went crazy because the. <laughs> I mean, you had set up something really great as far as I don't know if the listeners are up to speed. I'm I'm just going to assume that they are if they're listening Hopefully. to this episode. Hopefully, but you had set up something in the previous episode where you had sent something to the unfurling scroll to. Uh, yeah, Alandro. I kind of want Alandro to be Alandro. like the fall guy. Yeah, and, yeah, and that would have worked out really well, except for <laughs> except now we've made enemies. Yeah, you've made enemies with both <laughs> uh, the the proprietors of the silk purse as well as Alandro. Yeah, yeah. I really wanted to try to work something out with them or try to see you know what their questions were or anything like that. But Junior just turned into a fucking bear. Yeah, right off the bat, I'm just like, okay, we're going. He turned into a bear, then he decided he wanted to fight and turn into a bear. <laughs> But yeah, I, I had a whole. That just to, just tells you that no matter how much you write down in a in an outline form, half that shit could be thrown away. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, I had a, a full blown role playing session. I was ready to try to work with you guys, and it just I could have just shredded that paper. Right. <laughs> we, <laughs> might, we might start a digression right now, but Nick, have you run a game? Are you are you familiar with that experience? I've never actually run a game myself. No. Okay, just just check it. Well, we'll get to that. Too. <laughs> um, I think I've had the discussion with you, Koosh, as far as what other systems or editions have you played through? Oh, man, that's a, that's a long list. Is it? Well, what are your most recent? Because I know you've been entertaining Pathfinder 2E. You've been yeah. really on the radar of that. I've been, I want to try new stuff all the time. So, like, the latest things I played were uh, outside of 5th edition or Dungeon World, Dungeon Crawl Classics, and most recently, um, uh, second edition for Pathfinder, uh, and basically I'm just trying things that are where the the actual combat and stuff like that are set up in a different way. So uh, you mean I, you alter the combat? Yeah. Or what do you mean? Yeah, like um, if you look at Pathfinder one and then you look at like fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons, there's a lot of similarities. You know, you have your regular action, you have your movement, you have your bonus action. They call swift action, and then you have a reaction, uh, and then free actions. And so it's pretty similar on either one. But in Pathfinder 2nd Edition, uh, everyone just has three actions. And then in there, you can use them for movement or attacking or interacting with things. And then sometimes things can take a lot of actions. So like if you cast a really big spell like Fireball, it's all three of your actions. You just blow it and you can't move. You can't do anything. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I know like uh, for me, my mind, it, it's hard for me to change direction. It was hard for me to get into 5th Edition. Oh, After, it's really hard. <laughs> be, well, I mean, just because I was sold on a previous edition, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and it took me a while to get into that edition too. Because I don't know, just something about when I get comfortable, I don't like change in that regard. Mm, but yeah. if, once you give fifth edition a chance, at least in my my opinion, it, it is a a good system. And then I remember reading somewhere when they were um, somebody was reviewing first person shooters. Mm-hmm. And they were they were comparing Halo and Doom and uh, mm-hmm. Battlefront and mm-hmm. uh, Call of Duty and stuff. And they said, you know, there's only so many ways you can modify this structure. You know, you could have different scenarios and stuff, but I mean, eventually the the right trigger is always going to be the gun. Yep. You know, you're always going to have the grenade. It's who's going to do it the best. And anything really after that is. It's just noise, you know. Exactly. It's somebody else trying to build off something that already exists. How many 
basically the guy was saying, how many first-person shooters do we really need? You know, That's how many different point. clones of it do we need? Yeah. yeah. So, what about you, Nick? Have you played any other systems? Any other? Editions? I've actually only ever played uh, Fifth Edition. I'm kind of a noob to D and D in general. Newbie, noob, noob, cherry, noob, yeah, noob meat. Yeah, so I've only <laughs> ever played actually one campaign before I joined the podcast. Um, that was actually DM'd by Eric. So yeah, still actually kind of like learning the fifth edition just by itself. But I'm actually interested in playing other editions as well, and um, just kind of exploring more in the future. Nice. nice. Now I think I, I gave a shout out to you about the basic fantasy RPG oh, system. Yeah. It's a really light rules, old school feel. It's got a sending armor class and things like that. And it, it it's very deadly. It goes through. Yeah. You know, there is no, like the, almost seems like everybody could regen at some point mm-hmm. in these other systems. And I think that that takes away the fear of death that should always be hanging over an adventurer's head. Once you leave the village or the town, mm-hmm. if you're going to go out into some deep, dark, dank hole, you should really <laughs> feel like you're. You should be worried that you it. don't yeah. come back out of the hole. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you should find your predecessors in there, and they haven't come back out. You know, like they're not, they don't have the loot sack on yeah. their back. They're just, they died on the way into it. I think that that's how it should always be, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I, I, know, I agree completely. I know, like, uh, a lot of systems, higher level play, just the wheels fall off. Yeah. And I have yet to see an addition. Some of them do it better, but they almost all fall apart at the higher levels. Yeah. That's actually uh, one of the reasons I was looking at second edition is I want to find out if they can fix that problem. Because right now, I mean, it's different and it's interesting, but I don't, I haven't seen anything personally that's like, okay, this is good enough for me to switch from fifth edition. I think if they make, uh, if they can keep the wheels on the rails after, after level 10, Maybe there's something there, but until then, I don't know. Well, we'll really be putting our addition to the to the task yep. as we start moving deeper through the Carrion Crown because it's six books. I mean, you guys are going to be very high up in level oh, yeah. by the time you guys get to that sixth book. It's just going to be a madhouse. You could actually <laughs> probably have somebody miss an evening and their turn won't come up. So, <laughs> Jesus. We'll just see how that goes. <laughs> So what other system did you want to try then? Or if we wanted to, to run something else, like a one or two shot or uh, give, it a, give it a chance? I have a few oddball things I wanted to try. Um, there's one called Symborum, which is like a Swedish RPG. And it's like super you dark. You after yetis and shit or, <laughs> you know? You're like in the, it's, you're like at the outskirts of some like woods and the elves are the bad guys or something. And they made changelings and they like fuck with you and shit. Uh, also, magic is super dangerous, and uh, every time you uh, cast, you have to like roll corruption. And if you're corrupt enough, you basically can't cast spells anymore, and then you're a worthless character. Now they had something like that in, <laughs> in Dungeon Crawl Classics, yep, where you they can also do burn your luck. Yeah, yeah, and you had corruption as well. Yep. Uh, and then I thought about Thirteenth Age, which was made by that's like, very Fourth Edition. It's very similar yeah. Fourth Edition, but they um, they fixed a problem where all the classes are exactly the same. What's uh, the purpose then? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like yeah, that, that like that was a huge problem in fourth edition. It's like they tried some things, but they, they ended up making them all the same. So they, I think they tried to make it so that they don't go with that problem this time. I'll tell you, as a dungeon master, fourth edition is without a doubt the easiest to run. Oh yeah, their stat blocks yeah. are just dynamite. I mean, you could just you could put together 
well, I used to be able to with the the D and D Insider, where you had a all you had the suite of tools like the character builder and the the monster generator and stuff, and you could tweak stuff and make your own things, and it, it just ran really smooth, really easy stat blocks. So, what about you, Nick? Anything else out there you want to on your radar that you want to try? Uh, nothing that comes to mind particularly, but I, I do want to try different editions eventually. Hmm. Um, don't know what in particular, cause I'm not really, uh, familiar with like all the intricacies of different editions, but definitely want to try something different. Um, I'm getting more and more used to fifth edition, so, um, I, I do enjoy it, but I also kind of do want to experience something a little bit different as well. Hmm. Um, see if maybe a different, a different edition would be more enticing to myself. I don't know. I think I'd mentioned I wanted to try Starfinder. Yeah. Yeah, I was especially reading Hyperion. That's just I just all that space <laughs> battle and the different shit going on. I just would there, really like to try this that system. Are there any more genres you want to look at too? I know that some of the some of the systems I want to look at are also like not inside fantasy. They're like um, maybe Call of Cthulhu. Call of Cthulhu. That's also seems really interesting. Yeah. They just came up with a new edition recently, right? They are like on seventh or something now. Uh, possibly. I mean, there was something else I thought I came across my Amazon feed as a recommendation. I can't remember what it was, but I know Cthulhu was up there and I, I was, so I was listening to a few different podcasts uh-huh. that had that. And, you know, although many scenarios might be really strong, uh, sometimes when you don't get the right mixture of people mm-hmm. or they're, they're not the kind of style that we're used to, uh-huh. it kind of detracts from the overall experience you know, I'm not saying that they're not playing it right. Everybody has a different play style, and that style is the correct style. I just uh, there's certain styles I think that we look for. No, I, I agree. Like uh, I've noticed that a lot of the podcasts that I listen to for actual play, they're they play kind of similarly to each other. So it's like, okay, that's the style I like listening to. But do they play like our style? Uh, one of them does, which is yeah. class canon. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys are amazing. They're a juggernaut, lightning in a bottle. Well, talking about the other podcasts, that kind of makes me uh, just curious about the direction that we've been taking this podcast in. Do you think we're hitting all of our milestones? Mm-hmm. I think, I think so. Like uh, being able to, like seeing people actually uh, join our Patreon is really yeah, cool definitely. and exciting. Yeah, um, Patreon dot com slash Rollhard Twenty Podcast. First year is one dollar. The one thing that I st- haven't seen, but I don't know how easy it is to see, is I want to see, like, I want to see that people let, like tried D and D for the first time because they listened to our podcast. But I don't know how you, I, I don't know when you actually get to see that. You know, well, we have to have some kind of feedback, yeah, from from the listeners as exactly. well. Which I think I had also spoke to you about this too, Koosh, about me and you, Nick, just before you or just after you arrived. I could speak about it before you got here. Because <laughs> you wouldn't have heard. But what we want to do is we want to start implementing to our listeners that uh, if you write in and talk to us about the show or whatnot, we want to send you out one of the sets of dice that we actually use mm. yeah. for that evening of the, of the session. You That'd know. be sweet. Yeah. We, yeah, just, we awesome really want to hear from you guys yeah. and try to drum up as many listeners as we can because I think that the show is definitely worth it. And if you sign your emails with any wild name, Brian will turn it into an NPC for you. <laughs> yeah. You know, originally we had one of the tiers on the Patreon was that I would make them a residence 
a resident in uh, Scandia. But because we're we've moved so far away from the Riders on the Storm campaign that that kind of went out the window. I had to change that tier a little, but they can you know their character can move to uh, Raven Grove. That's true. Yeah. If there's anything left of it on the back end, you bet. <laughs> but I'm still looking forward to hearing from anybody, and I'll still make an NPC out of out of your character. So, Koosh. Because I know this one wouldn't uh, pertain to Nick, but because you are in another game outside of the podcast, uh-huh. how is it that you run your particular game? What's it like? Um... Yeah, Put on your DM hat. It's like super different because I'm I'm on a different side of the screen, right? Uh, so it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of nerves. <laughs> it's nice to come in here and just be like, all right, I'm gonna play Talos <laughs> and just, and just <laughs> well, chill out. What is your prep like for your session? I uh, mean, because it's homebrew, right? Yeah, it's a lot of panicking. Um, uh, a lot of it is uh, stringing again together a lot of uh, like kind of one shotty adventures that I had in mind, and then finding a way to connect them, and then move them towards like this final thing that I have. Uh, and then I think we're actually near the end. So now it's like super easy because I have, I have like nothing to do. I'm like, all right, you guys are making progress towards this thing. I know exactly what's coming up. I can like relax. Uh, I think I'm getting better at it just because I can relax. <laughs> Did you put an owlbear in there by yourself sometime? Uh, I think I have once. <laughs> I, did, I, I did cheat once. Uh <laughs> Uh, I don't think it bought me as much time as uh, as uh, Brothislav bought you, though. No, not at all. That was, <laughs> I think the entire session was confined to a 10 by 25 foot hallway where you guys just <laughs> mired down. I expected you guys to be through those doors, find one of the yeah, dude, that Seekers op- Foundation <laughs> employees in Let's move on. The Albert introduced a lot of office politics to the party. Yeah. Oh, I did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 to get a picture of Rathoslav all sad, <laughs> filling out his book. If, if, if we get a piece of uh, fan art, that's the first one I want to see. I want to see Rathoslav. <laughs> all right, Sam. <laughs> about the Albert. There you go, Sammy. That's what we want. We <laughs> see Rathoslav pouting right in his book as the Albert walks away. <laughs> <laughs> Just drawing a little picture of the Albert. Right. Well, that brings me up to the next portion as far as like your homebrew campaign Uh what do you prefer to prefer homebrew or uh, published campaigns i personally prefer homebrew because i think it's easier um i was i actually my campaign actually started as like a as a pre pre pre-written thing so i downloaded some uh adventure i can't even remember the name of it now it's been like three years since i started but it was something for like Characters levels one through five, and you start out with this thing, and you start with this thing, and then I slowly, slowly start changing things, and then people started doing things that were like off the cuff, and then before I knew it, I was like, all right, this is none of this is gonna, they're, they're not gonna go, get to any of this stuff, <laughs> and then I just did whatever I wanted to at that point. Well, that's uh, I think I made an intro for one of the podcast mm-hmm. episodes a couple. Yeah, weeks I think ago, you mentioned that, it too. I mentioned how for me, I. I thought that the published campaign would be easier, and it, it's not. I they mean, always because, tell you it is, too. Yeah, because, it, I mean, everything's already written there, but there's a lot of stuff between the lines that may not be there that you've got to add into it, and then without making it seem like a complete railroad, you've got to make sure that people are going where you need to, but you give them their free agency, and the next thing you know, they're 
lighten up the silk purse, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like shit's going sideways. What about you, Nick? You you played in published campaigns and yeah. you played in homebrew. What is your what do you prefer? I mean, I imagine as a DM, if if they're doing it right, it would be seamless. You couldn't tell if it was published. Exactly, yeah. That's the mark of a good DM. But um, I think a homebrew would provide a lot more flexibility, whereas um, you can kind of gauge and see, uh, at least from, like, previous sessions, you can see, you know, where the characters are going. You can kind of, like, shape the way or, like, um, where they're actually going, whereas with, like, a more published one that's, like, more structured... And, you know, you, like you said, you know, it's, it's hard to kind of, like, gauge where every uh, mm-hmm. character or player is going to go or what they're going to do. So you have to, like, fill in, like, all these gaps and stuff like that on your own, on the fly sometimes. So mm-hmm. I can imagine that can be difficult from a, a DM's perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, like, with the Carrion Crown, there are certain milestones mm-hmm. that I can't move. They're there. Whereas with Riders on the Storm, I could see, I could move those milestones and those finish lines and stuff. If you guys veer to the left, like across the the harbor to ASL's Rest, instead Mm of going to the (laughs) Temple of Grumon, then suddenly we're we're changing over that way and I got to feed into character backstories and stuff. Whereas with the Carrion Crown, you guys, it's it's darker, but it's definitely more vague of what you're doing. You know, it's... Yeah, more ambiguous. Uh, so, something else I can say about uh, pre-written adventures, uh, I think one of the good reasons to actually recommend them to new play, uh, new DMs, uh, not which is not that it's easier to run, is that uh, you can be a lot more confident that it's going to play out well. Uh, because if you're trying something totally random, you don't know if it's going to work out well, and you might be afraid that it's going to fall flat, and then that might be at the back of your mind. But if you if you play like a proven pre-written thing you know that it's probably going to land you don't really have to be too worried about you know what you're running for your first shot at something well i think there are certain published adventures that are designed for new dms yeah and those are the ones that should be ran because it's really hard as a new dm i think that that if somebody starts going off the track mm-hmm. you can't say no you can't do that you have to be able to say okay well what do you want to do over there mm-hmm. and as a new dm you may not know Exactly. <laughs> What's going to be over there, but you got to say, yeah, go ahead and go over that way. Yeah. Whereas I think if I keep on the Borderlands is, is mm-hmm. definitely entry level. Yeah. Uh, and if you're a new DM, here's a tip. If you want to find something that's supposed to be easy for you to run as a first time DM, just pick whatever adventure path is at the beginning of an edition. Yeah. Yeah. Because that is fully designed. That is totally to for you. Incorporate new DMs and new players to that edition, yep. even seasoned players exactly so. yeah so kush you had mentioned that you you listen to other podcasts as well what about you nick you listen to other podcasts of actual plays uh not really good I'm, this should be the only one this is actually pretty much the only one okay, i listen good. to oh, okay. okay that's the end of that topic. Right, i wasn't <laughs> Moving i on. wasn't aware this was going to become an intervention <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, um i think when you and i were talking you were like well i don't want to rag on no and that wasn't yeah. that was never my intention it was just as a way of listening to other play styles that are out there. Uh-huh. And like, I know that I all listen to other Carrion Crown APs because I just want to see how other people are doing their thing. Uh-huh. And yeah. it's, it's amazing that none of the other two or ours are the same. Hmm. They completely go different directions. Like uh, somebody was mentioning that they walked into a tavern and 
they'd met somebody and I was trying to figure out where in this AP that was at. And I think that they made up the the characters and stuff. Uh, and I was like, well, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Cause I know the only time you guys were in the tavern, I think for not for shit. The doctor was <laughs> in the, we don't know who's behind yeah. the mask, man. <laughs> right. Totally could be him, but he was in the, the laughing demon. And, uh, that just kind of played itself out. And one of those killers had been watching him mm. And he didn't know he failed his perception check. And then he went to the town hall to meet with Murta. And none of that stuff is in the is in the AP. Yeah, It's yeah. just stuff that you guys are just generating and doing. And, and it's just bubbling and frothing. And there's other APs, other Carrying Crown APs that are doing the same thing. And I just I think that's kind of cool how they change the dynamics of their NPCs and, and their other players, their, their villains and their monsters and stuff to suit their players styles yeah and i think that's also um that's also one of the good uh, hallmarks of a good ap like i think um they do a lot of giving you tools to do stuff so like they'll tell you hey this is how this is a city this is how the city works but it's not like hey they should be going through the city like this they should be seeing this and then this and then this and then all right then they're out of here yeah and and for the writers at paizo that just shows you how how well they put these APs together mm-hmm. because they present the town with the populace and how the, the town is structured as far as like the infrastructure of the town's council or how it's, if it's democratic or if it's more monarch, but they kind of, they let you guys go wherever you want to go. Mm-hmm. They could go to the general store or the apothecary or, the unfurling scroll or to the cemetery, you guys could go wherever you want because the town is already built and how you interact. And it talks about like the, the different owners of the, the businesses and if they're chaotic neutral, if they're lawful good, just it gives you a structure of even their level and what they are, whether they're a, a druid or a fighter or, mm. or a thief or something like that. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, I've been really impressed with just, the, this one town that we've been in. Yeah, it's just, it's funny. You guys haven't even left. We're on, what, episode 12, 12 now. Yeah. And well, yeah. I fully expect you guys to start <laughs> sinking it in deeper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have no idea where to go. We'll, we'll see if we ever leave the town. Yeah, we're supposed to stay there for a month, right? We're only like on day four or five or something. Uh, if that. Yeah, but I, uh, I think Brian's mentioned a few times that like, we finish the stuff that we need to finish whenever we want, and after that we can go on vacation. That sounds pretty enticing, actually. Yeah, you guys had to remain in Raven Grove for 30 days, Yeah. regardless of how soon you finish this or not. Now, if you exceed the 30 days, bad shit happens. And there's also other, <laughs> other beats that if they play out fully, uh, then that's bad news, too. Yeah. Right. And if you kill towns... People, <laughs> after so many deaths, they actually hang you. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm shit. not surprised. Yeah, they hang you. I'm not surprised at all. But once you guys take care of all the, the stuff, if you could do it within 10 days and have 20 days of R&R. <laughs> yeah, that'd and, be nice. And Kendra. <laughs> 20 days of Kendra. Kendra freaking out for 20 whole days. <laughs> Talking about how she's going to move. I guess one of the final topics we could bring up also is... Uh, now the show is a show, no longer playing out in front of the comic store, out on the street. In the rain. In the rain. <laughs> awesome. We're now inside. We're behind microphones. What's it like to have made that, that change from playing it 
at somebody else's house to actually recording now and be more conscientious that there's more than just the six of us listening to the show. Hmm. Uh, why don't you go first, Nick? Because I'm actually really interested because you there's a pretty abrupt change for you. I, yeah. knew, I knew what I was getting into before going in. So, yeah, I've actually done one of each. I've done one at someone's house and one on a podcast. So I kind of uh, I can see the differences, especially when being on a podcast, you kind of have to try to narrate a little bit better. You try to describe exactly what's going on, trying to kind of make a visual image for the listener, at least try to. Um, I, I still sometimes kind of uh, just say, like, oh, I'm going to move over there. I had that problem, too. Yeah, I was like, or oh, yeah. I should be saying, like, I'll move, like, 15 feet to the south. So it, it, it's a little bit of a difficult transition for me where I'm used to, like, oh, I'm just going to go there. Everyone knows exactly where I put my character. But, you know, when you're listening to a podcast, you know, if you just say, oh, I'm just moving over there, it's a, it's a little difficult to follow. So um, you definitely try to have to kind of try to create a story with everything that you do. And then you try to, you know, just make sure that, I don't know, like all your actions are kind of understandable. I don't know if that makes any sense. No, it totally does. Um, being very descriptive is exactly, very important yeah. mm-hmm. when it's all audio. It's just think of it just like radio to try to convey what you're doing, what your character is going to do. How you're going to move 20 feet northeast behind a bunch of Bushes that are about chest high, whereas you, instead of saying, I'm going to move 15 feet over here, mm-hmm. you know, where only we can see that, we yeah. have to try to accentuate those visuals to make sure that everybody can understand. Even if you're on the other side of the wall, somebody would know, oh, that's what they're doing. They're going to move their character northeast 20 feet and kind of duck down, draw his bowstring back and wait, basically hold his his movement or hold his action until the, somebody crosses the path. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, it was mostly... The biggest change was uh, the crosstalk because I embraced that fully while at a home game. Cause, yeah. Because uh, it's fun. <laughs> it's like it's something to do during someone else's turn, and it also like, engages with that person's turn. So it's just like, hey, you and me are going to get... We're going to talk about what's going on in this guy's turn, and then all three of us are part of this turn now. It's... Uh, and that is something that's that's been a huge yeah. hurdle for everybody because I think everybody would used to cross talk and stuff when we were playing in front of the store and yeah. even when we were preparing for the show when we try to get the mics down and everything and yeah. there was always a lot of cross talk and that's so tragic because it's hard to edit that out especially if there's something good that's being said it's like fuck yeah or if somebody kind of leans back for the microphone and oh, you yeah. know you're like. Can you get a little closer just because <laughs> you said something really cool and I want to make sure we hear it? And yeah. Yeah, that, that's, I think, what's been the hardest. Um, there's, there's something else that was... I mean, well, you, 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 uh, you've you DM'd both, so I, I was wondering what, what you, you had or that was kind of a really big transition. You mean like from being behind the microphone to not? Yeah. Exactly. Well, usually when I'm not behind the microphone, I'm still in a uh, very well secured place, and I'm usually pretty hammered. <laughs> so I mean, and there's there's crosstalk. There's people getting up, getting drinks. We're laughing. We're having a great time. We're blaring music mm-hmm. like while we're playing and stuff, and you know, like thematic music, mm-hmm. just, yeah, yeah. you know, stuff. And there's also times where it's more mellow, like when we had in the 
front of the comic shop, and but we're still talking. And I think as a DM, I'm I mean more direct with whose ever turn it is while other people are talking, but it doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But now I think that since we've implemented using headphones, it really we're able to hear where people are coming in and stuff, and we could. I think even the people that may crosstalk can hear that as well. Mm-hmm. And so they are less likely to do it. That was the whole purpose of the headphones was to make sure that a, we were close enough to the microphone and, and B that there was, it minimized crosstalk. It totally did. It probably shut it down like 80% hmm. just from doing that. It, it really helped the editing process. I mean, even having the, the tablecloth, this fluffy vinyl thing, it really soaks up a lot of people if they lean on the table or they drop a die on the table or something, it totally extinguishes all that out too. So. Mm. And the shock balance, every everything that could make it a more pure sound. Yeah. But the crosstalk, yeah, that was that's always <laughs> the biggest thing between being in a in a home game versus being behind the microphone. Yeah. So. The other thing that I noticed is when you have the podcast. And if you do listen, if you do use the opportunity to listen to it, you like know way better what's going on in the campaign, because you'll forget stuff all the time. Otherwise, like if you're just going week to week, and you're just like, oh yeah, 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 that one thing happened. So someone, one person will remember, and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, that that, that did happen. But you like totally forget about it uh, if if you're not listening, uh, listening to it again. Something happened. I think it was in the carrying crown. And I think it was you Kush that had mentioned something and I was like, what? Oh yeah, that's right. And I forget what it was, but I, I couldn't remember. I guess I can't remember it now, but you had mentioned that you wanted to do something or you were waiting on something. It was the, uh, I think it was a ring last session, right? Yes, it was the ring. That's right. And I was like the ring. Oh yeah. The ring. And I totally forgot, but you remembered it was next to the Ion stone. And I sent you what it what it actually did, and mm-hmm. nobody else knows. So that's kind of cool. Least. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's kind of neat that you guys can keep me, you know, on point as well as making sure you guys stay on point, like not to burn poor Ermin with this book and so, <laughs> or his medallion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I mean, those are things that you would have missed in like a in a regular campaign, and then like you know, however many sessions later, when we're like. We were supposed to return the books to someone, right? When we we're going to return the book, it was like, oh, yeah, here's this book and here's this book. And I was like, oh, where's, where's the third book? It's like, uh, I don't know. This is all we had written on our character sheets. <laughs> yeah, then what do you do at that point? Do you uh, retcon it and say that you actually pulled it out? Or do you say you fucked up? Yeah. Because we, we, personally, I would say you fucked up. Yeah. You know, that's why I had you make a history check that he has the book, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's, that's the difference between being. Behind a microphone and not. So. Yeah, yeah. This is one of the big differences. But this has been fun. I mean, I'm, I'm having a great time putting Same on here. the show. I like doing the published adventure. We'll definitely finish the Riders on the Storm campaign. TM. Uh, TM. No. What? Soon, what? soon TM. I fr- missed the first part of the thing. What? Soon and then trademark. Oh. I don't know. No, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> it's, past, it's past your time. Is it like nose goes or something like that? <laughs> No, it's just a it's a joke you say about game companies when they say, "Oh yeah, this this is coming soon," and it's always like years out. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I get it now. <laughs> well, we are against the wall on that though, so yeah. we've got to get it done yeah. before yeah. Jess pops. <laughs> but we're close. We're probably like three to four hours away from being done with that completely. 
Yeah. I'm looking forward to see how it ends. Yeah. So am I. And ironically, it'll have you two right in the focal point of it. Mostly Thorman because... He's from the, this, that time he, period. You are from that time, the period that you're currently in. Yeah. Which is in the history. But outside of that, I don't want to give out any more information. We'll just have to record that session. You guys have anything else to add? Not at the moment. Yeah, no, this has been fun. Well, I've been enjoying it too. So I guess until next time, keep your beer cold, your dice hot, roll those hard 20s. Oh, yeah. That is. <laughs> <laughs>Thank you for joining us once again on Roll the Hard 20 podcast. Remember, you can find us and subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. And if you like what you're hearing, please leave us that five-star review. You can also contact the show directly at rollthehard20podcast at gmail.com or head on over to the website at rollthehard20podcast.com. And be sure to check out the galleries. we got a lot of really interesting stuff posted there. And finally, join us on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash rollthehard20podcast. There are ways for you to help out the show and pick up swag. So until next session, keep your dice warm and your glass full as you roll those hard 20s.